Welcome to Living Truth Radio, a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship with Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. Genesis 21. All right. So uh, this afternoon, I was driving in my car, and um, the Frank Sontag show is a show that's on KKLA. And I didn't hear all the dialogue, but, but a caller called up and he said, you know, you've been talking about a Christian's response to what happened in Florida. And uh, the caller identified himself as a non-Christian, and Frank says, that's fine, I'm glad you called. And, and here was the caller's uh, question to Frank. He said, you've been talking about a Christian response, how we need to love people and reach out to people with Christ's love. But what's the difference between what a Christian would do and any loving person would do. I mean, I'm not a Christian, the guy confessed it, but you're talking about this love that Christians are supposed to share with people who have been through a tragedy. What makes your love different from what I can offer a person? I just want you to think for a second. How would you answer that? Well, you know, we've met different Christians and we know there's some Christians that smile more than other Christians and there's some Christians that seem to be outwardly more loving than other Christians, but what would the difference be that you would offer a person that an unbelieving person who's very loving couldn't do the same? And I had to think about it a little bit and maybe you're thinking right now and I'll tell you what the difference is right after we pray. <laughs> Father, we come before you right now and we're here because you first loved us. That's the beauty of the gospel. And you have made us glad. You have filled, us, filled our hearts with joy. And one of the expressions of joy is laughter. The right kind of laughter is beautiful. It's medicine for the soul. And there are gonna be, you know, one day the Bible says there's gonna be pleasures at your right hand forevermore. Joy. Peter says joy unspeakable and full of glory. So tonight, as we look at the birth of Isaac, a miracle birth, Lord, and a birth that has much deeper layers than just what we may see on the surface, would you make our hearts glad tonight? Would you show us what true joy is about? And would you show us the way to know you better tonight and to walk in your ways by faith? We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Now, maybe your wheels have been turning a little bit as you thought about that question. Here's the difference between what any person could offer if they were a loving person and a Christian. And it's really bound up, maybe you could think of more of this, but it's bound up in one word. It's a promise. You see, you and I are living our life on a promise. Chuck Swindoll said, it's not whether you can live with your worldview, it's whether you can die with it. You see, what I would offer to someone if I had a chance to minister, and of course I do, quite regularly when someone's going through a tragedy, is I offer love. I want the fruit of the Spirit to be flowing through my life, and I know you do as well. But I'm not just gonna offer my love to someone. My love can only go so far. I don't know if you've noticed, but things happen in people's lives around us all the time, and we, it's pretty easy for us to move on and forget, especially when it hasn't hit close to my doorstep then I can show some sympathy and empathy and even pray and be thinking about what happened to somebody, but, but let's, be all, let's all be honest. We move on. I mean, that's how life is. But if you were able to interact with someone in the midst or the wake of a tragedy and you were able to share the promise with them, 
The promise is not just about an arm over somebody's shoulder, which I think is a good thing. But the promise is that there's a life beyond this life. There's new heavens and a new earth wherein righteousness will dwell. God's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. So your worldview, you know, there's a lot of nice non-Christians out there. I would give testimony to that. Sometimes they're nicer than some Christians I've met. (laughs) However, I would still say this. What we give away is not just um, you can make it through this, I'll be praying for you type of love. What we give away is a promise. And the question is, for you and me tonight, do we believe it enough to regularly give it away? This, this chapter is all about that promise, and it's entitled Laughter Tonight. That's the name of the birth of the child that will be born in Genesis 21. His name is Laughter. One of the wonderful sounds of life is the laughter of a child. Uh, as my boys were growing up in our household, there was a lot of laughter, and that's a great thing. And dad, you know, you've probably been able to tell from this pulpit ministry that dad's a bit of a goofball. So we had a lot of laughter in the household, and that's, I think that's a wonderful thing. And as seasons have gone by and the boys have gotten older, friends have come over, and you know how kids can be really silly. It seems like uh, a lot of their interactions are centered around laughter. And sometimes as adults, we have to close the door or we say, quiet, or I'm trying to watch this, or <laughs> however we respond, right? But there's something within our hearts as we get older that longs for that laughter, Maybe that kind of like that childlike faith. Now, some of their laughter we might find a little silly, but even as the boys have been teenagers, a lot of their interactions has been laughter. You know, hear laughter coming from another room. Sometimes they're laughing at us as parents, (laughs) but anyway, we won't go there tonight. But laughter is a beautiful thing. Laughter, in fact, is medicine for the soul. Now, I know there's some books in the Bible that kind of mock the wrong kind of laughter, you know, sometimes when someone's laughing, it's covering up pain. And we know, we know that side of the story. And I think we're all biblically informed enough to know there's a silly, ridiculous, wrong kind of laughter. In fact, you know, there's some types of joking that produce laughter that's nothing but just filth, or it's laughter at somebody else's expense. And so, so we know that that's the wrong kind of laughter. But I hope you and I tonight, when we're done, Maybe we can settle one thing tonight. Maybe we can just agree to laugh a little bit more. And I'm talking about now in the right way. Maybe just smile. Can I see your smile tonight? Would you all be willing? Would you just? You, some of you don't want to show your teeth, right? It's okay. You can smile. Um, Craig, uh, Tim Hawkins, a uh, wonderful com- Christian comedian. <laughs> I remember I, I saw one of his, uh, he did this, whole comedy routine. And at the end of it, I mean, I was just dying laughing. And he said, many of you needed this tonight, didn't you? And he said, some of you were just like, you know, he made this funny face, like, you just needed to laugh. Sometimes laughter can be almost like a release, just like crying can be. And, you know, somebody once said that maybe you haven't really lived a day until you've laughed and cried in the same day. Um, But anyway, Hold your finger in Genesis 21. I know we haven't done a verse yet, but <laughs> it's all right. Psalm 126 is what I want to show you. Psalm 126, and I want to put you for a second maybe in the sandals of, of Sarah, who's been waiting forever to have a child, and she's gone through her own trials. She's waited a long time. Israel, the nation that would come from the loins of Abraham through Sarah, 
went through their own trials and tribulations, and maybe you're here tonight and you've been through your own as well. This is Psalm 126. It's a psalm or a song of ascents. And this is what it is. It's verse one, and it says, when the Lord brought back the captive ones of Zion. So it's looking back. Psalm 126, one. We were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter. And our tongue, verse two, with joyful shouting, then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Even the nations were saying that. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Verse five, those who sow in tears shall reap with joyful shouting. He who goes to and fro weeping, carrying his bag of seed, shall indeed come again with a shout of joy and bring his sheaves with him. Let's go back to Genesis 21. We know in the hard times, uh, when we go through the hard times, we're waiting. And as Christians, we're waiting on a promise that in many ways has not been fully realized, and that is that, that new time, that new heavens and new earth. And as we're here, we're pressing on. We're pressing into God's promises. And God takes us through all these things in life to cause us to grow. He's polishing you. And sometimes as you go through trials, he's preparing you for maybe a bigger test. In Abraham's case, we know we're about to get to Genesis 22. And in Genesis 21, he's going to have to release Ishmael. And that's going to be a very painful time for Abraham. But it's going to prepare him for a bigger test in Genesis 22, a test that I know most of you, if not all of you, are familiar with. He's going to be asked to sacrifice the son of promise. And he's going to be acting out prophecy. And God's been taking him on this faith journey like he does for all of us and preparing him for this note, this time. So this is verse 1, Genesis 21. It says, the Lord took note, Genesis 21.1, the Lord was gracious to the NIV. The Lord visited New King James ESV, Sarah. Pakad is the Hebrew word. Uh, it can mean to take note or to visit someone with friendly intention, intentions, gracious intent, can have the idea of looking after, or it can mean to visit someone with judgment, where God sometimes visited certain areas, i.e. Sodom, with judgment. But here the visit was a visit of grace. God had made a promise. God is always true to his promises, and he visited Sarah as he had said, look at verse one, middle of the verse, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. God is faithful to his promises. But we remember in chapter 18, peek back there for a second, as the dialogue was going on about God's promise, Genesis 18, 11, it says, now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. Sarah was past childbearing. And Sarah laughed to herself. This whole story is gonna be about laughter. Sarah laughed to herself, 18, 12, saying, after I become old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? saying, shall I indeed bear a child when I am so old? And the Lord's response, is anything too difficult for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you at this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah denied it, however, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And God said, no, but you did laugh. And despite Sarah's response to the promise, and if you look back at Genesis 17, 17, when Abraham heard of this particular blessing, Abraham, 17, 17, fell on his face and laughed. 
and said in his heart, will a child be born to a man 100 years old and will Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And so Abraham's you know, great faith, oh, that Ishmael might live before thee, verse 18. They both laughed. But despite their response to the promises, they did not, though they may have wavered in so, at some degree. I know Romans 4 says that, and Hebrews says that, 11 says that uh, Abraham did not waver in unbelief, but they had some incredulity to the promise. It was kind of like, how is this going to happen? It was kind of like, no way. Sometimes when we read promises in the Bible, I think that's often how we might read them. Is this really going to happen? And he who promised is faithful. And so this is a reminder that God can do unexpected miracles in our lives and bring joy in unexpected seasons of life. You know, even when we feel like we're past our prime, even when we feel like maybe, you know, we've missed our calling or whatever, God can do incredible miracles. In fact, laughter is coming. God has made promises to us <clears throat> and he sealed us with the Holy Spirit of promise. Go back to Genesis 21, 2. So Sarah, <clears throat> excuse me, verse 2, 21, 2, conceived and bore a son to Abraham in his old age. At the appointed time, God had said this time next year, of which God had spoken to him. So at the appointed time is a Hebrew word called moed. It's spelled like the way we would say, I mowed my lawn, M-O-D, M-O-W-E-D, <clears throat> moed. It means a fixed time, an appointed time. It can point to a festival or a season of time. And here, it was the specific time that God had promised. God made a promise, and in that specific time, the promise came to pass. Those who wait for the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles, right? This is what we do. We wait for the Lord. We wait on his promises. I've been spending a lot of my Christian life for the last several decades now waiting on the Lord. <laughs> Actually, I spent a lot of my Christian life crying out for help. Can I get a witness? All right, so I'm not alone. Because God puts me in situations all the time which are much bigger than me. And they, they seem, sometimes I, I have to laugh, like, Lord, are you sure? <laughs> and so I spend a lot of my time, at least a decent amount of my time, on my knees asking God for help. And that's not a bad place to be. Although it's not the most comfortable place to be, but sometimes I just laugh at what he's doing. <laughs> it cracks me up because God is so gracious and so good. And so Abraham, verse 3, Genesis 21, called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah born to him, or bore to him, Isaac. Or you might say it, Isaac, and his name literally means laughter. Isaac was born. The name that they were to call the child was given by God, and now the time came, and his name means laughter. How much laughter do you think occurred at the birth of a child to a 90-year-old woman? Don't you think that there was a lot of laughter going on? Like people, <laughs> can you imagine uh, when the cry came in the, in the little community there and in the tent and Abraham had a lot of servants and you know, he had a lot going on there. Can you imagine when the cry of Isaac went up, how many people just went, no way. <laughs> can you? I wonder how many times Sarah held the baby nursed the baby, 
And just, you know, a lot of us, first parent, when you're first a parent, you just stare at the child, right? You're just like, you're like, wow. And when, when you're expecting your first one, other parents will try to explain to you what the feeling's gonna be like, and they'll say to you, usually, honestly, I can't even describe what you're gonna feel. But God's gonna just do something in your heart that's gonna link you to this child. And I wonder how many times laughter went up to heaven. I wonder how many times there was laughter in the camp and heaven smiled. And God, if we can put it this way, got the last laugh. In fact, he always does. You know, there's in Psalm chapter two, when the, the human nations and kings are depicted at, as you know, shaking their fist at God and, and they wanna assemble their armies to fight God, the Bible says God he laughs. Like, look at these little pipsqueaks. Michael, the archangel, get a load of this, right? God knows what he's doing. He has made me glad. You know, I don't always realize the promises in the moment, and sometimes I don't always feel that they're here, but God sometimes just says, Michael, walk by faith. Don't walk by sight. Don't walk by what you see. Trust me. And we all go through these times where, you know, we don't always have the evidence right in front of us. And God says, I want you to walk on a promise and rise above your circumstances. And so laughter came. There are beautiful parallels between the birth of Isaac and the birth of Jesus. A lesser miracle is Isaac's birth. It, was done, it happened in a natural way, but it was still miraculous. Jesus' birth was definitely supernatural. From the lesser miracle to the greater miracle, Isaac becomes a type of Jesus Christ. In the next chapter, uh, Abraham becomes a type of the father who would offer um, <clears throat> his son, his only son on the mountain. When Mary was told by the angel that she's gonna uh, give birth to a child, she says, how can this be? I'm a virgin. And Luke 137 says, nothing will be impossible with God. Do you see the parallel? Sarah didn't believe it, and God said, nothing is too difficult for the Lord. Mary, who had more faith than Sarah, uh, said, I'm the bondservant of God, but how can this be? And the response of the angel was, nothing will be impossible for God. Both children were named before they were born. You will bear a son and call his name Jesus. And in Genesis 17, 21, Sarah will give birth to this appointed son, and his name will be called Isaac. You can look at, uh, I don't have that verse right in front of me. But anyway, both names in some ways were symbolic. Uh, this, this particular child, Isaac, would bring joy and laughter, almost surprising laughter, and Jesus, of course, would bring joy to many people. In fact, the angel in Luke 2, 10, 11 says, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people, for today in the city of David has been born for you a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This baby made the angels sing. I don't know if angels were singing at the birth of Isaac. I don't know if heaven was laughing at the birth of Isaac, but I know angels were singing at the birth of Jesus, amen? Gloria in excelsis Deo, right? Glory to God in the highest. Great story. Do you believe it for you? Do you believe that these promises are actually for you tonight?
that you're part of the story, that God wants to do incredible things in your life? Well, here's Abraham, verse four, and he circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old. This was the Abrahamic covenant recorded in uh, chapter 17, verses 10 through 14. Every child born was to be circumcised the eighth day. The number eight is the number of new beginnings. And so the child was circumcised. Jesus was circumcised, by the way. John was circumcised. And this meant that you were part of the nation. To be circumcised in the Abrahamic covenant meant you were part of Israel. But it meant something else. It was a cutting away of the flesh. If you cross-reference Exodus 22.30, it has the idea of releasing the child to God. In Christian churches, uh, most evangelical churches, although this does happen in some Christian churches, we don't baptize children, but we dedicate them. And when we dedicate a child, what we're saying, what those parents are saying, whether they know it or not, is I am dedicating this child to your service, O oh God. It's almost a type of circumcision, if you will, because what it means is this child, even though I, I know this child is mine for a season to rear the child and take care of the child, ultimately this child belongs to you, God. And so that's another layer of circumcision. Now Abraham, verse five, was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And part of the miracle here is Abraham was not only given strength and Sarah to bear Isaac, but after Sarah died, write this down, Genesis 25, one and two, Abraham remarried. He married a woman named Keturah. And get this, he had six more sons and lived to the age of 175. Moses, when he got going really with his ministry, was 80 and so some of us, you know, when we get a little older, we're moving to a retirement age, perhaps, we think, well, you know, maybe I'm not going to be as usable, but you know what? God did incredible things through younger people and older people in the Bible. And Sarah said, God, verse 6, has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. And every time they called him, Isaac, dinner's ready. What they were saying is, laughter, come. Come and get your dinner. Laughter, every time they called him. The whole story. His name is a reminder of God's faithfulness. He has made me glad. Psalm 92. I'm going to just read it. This is verses 1 through 4. It says, it is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to thy name, O Most High, to declare thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness by night. With a ten-stringed lute with, and with the harp, with resounding music upon the lyre, for thou, O Lord, hast made me glad by what thou hast done. I will sing for joy at the works of thy hands. Psalm 92, 1 through 4. I'm a little biased, but when my son was up here playing piano, I felt like I was on holy ground tonight. Did you? Sometimes I don't even know how to express. I know as sometimes worship leaders look out and they sometimes wonder, you know, what's going on in our hearts. But sometimes I can't even sing the words. But I'm, I'm worshiping my God. And the child grew, verse 8, and he was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. Now, in Hebrew culture, they would wean the child at about three years old. So Isaac, in all likelihood, is three, and dad throws a big barbecue. He has a big party. He wants to celebrate this event, which was big in Jewish culture, kind of a step up, if you will, in childhood. 
And so he throws a big party. Now Sarah saw the son of Hagar, that's Ishmael the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham. And what was he doing? He was mocking. Now, you got to just pause in the story for a second. And the son of promise is born, and everything's wonderful, and he is maybe glad, and there's laughter in the camp, and people are sending cards to Abraham and Sarah, and stories are being told in the town. But if you're Hagar and Ishmael, you may have spent a lot of time in a corner with an upside-down smile. I don't find this humorous at all. You know why? Her son was being supplanted. Well, brothers and sisters, God certainly can bring us laughter in unexpected seasons of life, and that certainly happened for Abraham and Sarah. But there was a waiting period for this miracle child to come, about 25 years, and that's a long time from a promise to a fulfillment. And in this teaching, we do mention there's a parallel between the prophecies of Jesus and their fulfillment. Some of them go back a thousand years to the Psalm, some of them 700, the book of Isaiah 500, the book of Micah, for example. But God was true to his word, but he was true to his word in his time. You know, weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning, Psalm 30, verse 5. And you know, you may be going through a time right now where you're waiting on a promise of God and you're in a tough season. You're in a season not of laughter, but of sorrow. But God has a way of bringing laughter in uh, seasons of sorrow, or at least following seasons of sorrow. He gives us our joy back again. And as Abraham and Sarah waited on the Lord, you know, they made some mistakes in that period of time and they tried to speed along God's plan or at least help him out. And, you know, Ishmael arrived on the scene and there was a lot of tension in the tent of Abraham as we've been learning about. But God, in due time, in the appointed season that he said, this time next year, I'm going to visit you and I will fulfill my promise. And God did just that. At the appointed time, Sarah conceived in her old age. And when the child came, his name, Isaac or Isaac, means laughter. In the fullness of time, God fulfilled his promises. And God will be true to his promises to you and to me as well. And sometimes that just means holding on through the dark days and the days when we feel pressed on and we feel like we're going through tribulation and we're wondering if God is going to be true to his promises. God often makes us wait, but in the waiting, we have to wait and walk by faith and not by sight because we know one thing that we can know for sure is that God will fulfill his promises to us. And one of the promises that we're certainly looking toward is the promise of new heavens and a new earth wherein righteousness dwells. We're looking forward to a promise of a second coming. We're looking for the blessed hope. We are looking forward to the promise of a resurrection body, of a reunion in heaven, of seeing loved ones who've died before us in Jesus Christ. And all of these promises, we are waiting, just like the patriarchs of old, just like Abraham, who you know was walking by faith, and we're to follow the faithful footsteps of Abraham. So whatever you're going through right now, remember, Abraham saw the fulfillment of this promise when he was a hundred years old. And Isaac did come. This child that's name means laughter did come. And I pray if you haven't laughed for a while, you'll be able to laugh again when you see the faithful hand of God. Thank you for listening to today's program. If you'd like to listen to this message again, learn more about our church in Corona, or to access archived messages, go to livingtruthradio.org and click on the church tab. You can follow us on Instagram at livingtruthcorona or download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app on Apple and Android devices. Living Truth Radio is a listener-supported ministry. 
You can partner with us by donating at livingtruthradio.org.